Hello, welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Megan. Directed by Gerard Johnstone, uh, Megan is the science fiction horror film written by Akella Cooper from a story by Cooper and James Wan, who also produced the film with Jason Blum. The movie is in cinemas now, but if you haven't seen Megan yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our review. We will be talking spoilers. Thanks to Universal Pictures, we were able to check out an early screening of this Blumhouse horror about a killer doll. No, not the one you're thinking about. Jason, you have the plot. Megan is a marvel of artificial intelligence, a lifelike doll programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. Designed by brilliant toy company Robotinus Gemma, played by Alison Williams, Megan can listen and watch and learn as she becomes friend and teacher, playmate and protector for the child she is bonded to. When Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker of her orphaned eight-year-old niece, Katie, played by Violet McCraw, Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan prototype with Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences. Before we get into Megan, Gerard Johnstone, I wasn't familiar with the name, looked him up, realised I've actually recommended off-air one of his films to you, and it is... Housebound. Remember, I recommended oh, that right. that Kiwi horror comedy. Young woman forced to return to her childhood home after being placed under house arrest, and she starts to suspect there's something evil lurking in the house. Oh, that old film. This yeah. guy. This is the guy. I'm always curious with Blumhouse, like because you throw around Jason Blum, James Wan. They're the big guys. Like, you get excited, don't you? Absolutely. But who's actually directing? And it's this guy. Mm. But those two together, they have worked together before, Blum and Juan. The last time they worked together, of course, was Malignant. I had such a fun time with that movie. <laughs> First viewing, you don't know what's going to happen. So I won't spoil it here in case people are listening and they haven't seen it yet. Enjoyed it when I first watched it. We did our review. And then I watched it a second time. Loved it. When you when you know where it's going and how bonkers it really gets. And again, I don't want to spoil it. But I don't know. I was able to fully go of it and just enjoy the madness that is that film. So when it's like, so they did Malignant and now they're doing a film about a killer doll. Before I'd even seen a trailer, I'm like, that sounds great. That sounds really good. <laughs> I mean, the, look, if, if I was just going by the posters, I would have thought this was a movie about a sex doll. Um, don't want to be creepy. It's definitely a a dolled-up doll. Like, she's she has that sort of look about it. You realise as you watch the movie, you're like, okay, it's definitely meant to be modelled after some sort of child. So, you know, it's a bit weird. But... um. Look, it's this is a this is a toy. This is a a toy for a child, and it gets menacing and and freaky as as all things go. I think people who originally you know like through the Conjuring movies or the Annabelle movies, you know, like they wanted that sort of Chucky like, you know, like killer doll gone rampant kind of thing. And obviously, 
like with Annabelle, very different kind of vibe. It was more like the the evil conduit thing, you know, brought the evil things, made evil things happen, bad stuff, ooh, all the all the bad juju. This is, I think, would this movie will deliver what those people were wanting, I think, in if they, you know, obviously expecting something different from from Annabelle. This is a killer doll. This is a doll that eventually throughout this movie, uh, you know, just loses it a bit and uh, goes a bit rampant. I mean, that's... Plenty of fun to be had. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, that is a very good point because it's not Annabelle in The Conjuring films. Something is controlling Annabelle and Child's Play. It's not the Chucky doll. It's Billy Ray whose soul has been put into the doll. So you're right. Like, this is an actual killer doll film. Yeah, no, it is. It is different, but the comparisons are there. Like people are quick to say, hey, I'd love to see a Megan versus Chucky movie. But I think if you're going to do that, not that they would, <laughs> Annabelle would be a lot more interesting. But anyway, that's a, that's the thing. You know, before we fully get into it, we watched this together and we came out and you commented on people laughing. Like people were laughing during the film. And, and you, you know, you made the comment, like not quite sure if it was, in, if it was intended that people were laughing during those moments. It, I mean, it was a packed screening that we watched it in, but it's an interesting one with horror. Like, and honestly, I walked out of it and then it didn't, that take anything away from me, but I just thought, well, must have been like a horror comedy. That must, you know, sci-fi. Like that's that's what yeah. it is. But you look it up, like no matter where you look online, you're just seeing horror, thriller, sci-fi. Yep. Nobody is labeling it comedy. The word comedy is nowhere to be found. It's, it's, it's not. not. But, but look, and yeah, but we people, both watched the movie. Yeah. And and look, we were laughing at certain times as well. Like I heard you chuckling, you know. I think it's more of a reflection of the movie is just delivering a good time. And look, like I don't think certain scenes or moments are meant to actually be like laugh out loud comedy funny. Obviously, you know, like you can have some tongue-in-cheek humor, some humorous moments happening with the characters or whatnot, but it's it's the movie isn't a comedy it's just there's just certain moments and there are there's a little you know some some moments are a little bit silly or it's just the way that i think just the situation of like the look of the megan doll and when she's just like staring and it's just like oh what is she thinking about what's she plotting well and when she's whole concept yeah when she's outside and she's funny she's she's on the like she's with all the other toys it's just like surrounded by like cuddly toys, like plush toys. Like teddies. And, funny, yeah, 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 teddies. It's, it's nice, funny friendly. seeing her face. Like Katie is having difficulty going to sleep. So she's singing a song and she sings Titanium, which is hilarious because she is a machine and it's a really, you know, catchy, catchy song. When it's like a scary <laughs> horror, which this movie is, I mean, this is a PG-13 film. Apparently, they set out to make an R-rated movie. It was starting to get good word of mouth from footage that people had seen, younger people on TikTok and other young places online. 
And then, well, we can retool this. On, on the TikTok. They, they they took out some of the more gory scenes and reshot scenes just so they could get in for that PG thirteen. So it's it's not necessarily scary, but scary horror films. Like often they'll use humor as a bit of levity just to, and then people can also auto correct themselves like when they're watching something and they're generally like they 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 jump in the seat. They're a bit wary about people around them recognizing that fact so they'll downplay it and they'll like laugh it off so sometimes that's where laughter can come through yeah sure scary movies but again this is not that but what i thought was interesting though that when going for that pg-13 rating and looking at other films jason blum cited drag me to hell as a good pg-13 horror that was effective and i watched that again recently that is an excellent film the sam raimi movie that is such a good film so I'd, I'd say he's definitely achieved that i mean there's moments where it is gore and you do get blood and there's deaths i mean this movie it does have a body count six or seven if you're counting the dog which i guess you have to you've got to count the dog so there's a body count of seven in this movie and it's gore. And if, if- if we use Australian uh, classification, an M rating for, for those playing on the home front. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the PG-13 rating or such, we don't want to confuse our audience. We've got to keep this local. And then... I mean, that's true. So, yeah, we've... Yeah. Catch up. <laughs> it's an M. But you've got that scene in the lift. There's the murders. There's the blood. So, you know, this is still... That's probably the goriest gory film. I mean, the majority of the other violence is probably at the end of the film where... You know, it, it's it's Megan that's actually getting like mutilated and messed up, but you can get away with all that because she's not a person, she's not a human, she's a robot. So it's like it's like Terminator rules. You can like ma- mangle her up, it's all good, not violent. You can decapitate Optimus Prime, it's all good. He's a robot, it's fine, not violent at all, not traumatizing to the children <laughs> at all. Well, to the children <laughs> that watch your five year old. Eighties animated movie. <laughs> oh no, traumatized a generation. Well, let's talk Megan then. <laughs> Amy Donaldson. So she, there's two people playing Megan. You've got Amy Donaldson, or Donald, even sorry, Amy Donald, and you have Jenna Davis, who is the voice of Megan. Amy Donald performed any of Megan's scenes that called for physical movement the puppet could not do and also did all of her own stunt work. On set, Donald wore a static silicone Megan mask created for her, and this was later replaced by CG just to give it the look that's in the film. But that's her. She's doing all those movements. The dancers, she's a she's a ballet dancer. So that's where you're getting all those movements from. And I remember reading something that the dance that's featured in the trailers that was a last minute decision to include it because they wanted to save it for the film but last minute decision they decided to put it in that trailer as soon as that trailer dropped it's all anybody was talking about and it got people talking and the word of mouth just spread spread from there it's it's so unique i enjoyed the fact that i remember watching the first trailer that had come out for this movie and then nothing. I pretty much just saw it. I mean, not intentionally. I just literally just 
didn't didn't check anything out. So I didn't. Like, I remember you telling me that before. You know, we sat down, we were about to watch a movie, and you're telling me about this dance sequence, and I'm like, I know nothing of it. I've seen nothing. So when it appeared in the movie, I was watching it for the first time in its correct context. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good way to do it. But I didn't spoil it for you. When I said, "Have you seen the dance?" No, you and you said, "No," I purposely didn't tell you what. I mean, you didn't give me details. You style like, oh, of dance. She has, a, she has a bloody machete or whatever. <laughs> She's doing it. Oh, well, man. She eventually gets a machete. I don't know. You know, probably the freakiest moment in this movie is the boy that's bullying Katie. Mm. And they're, they're in the wood. And then she drops to all fours and Megan just gallops after him. Terrifying. <laughs> There's just something <laughs> really unnerving about that. I mean, to be fair, that whole sequence was pretty, like, confronting, mainly because I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, like, there's there's this boy. Like, granted, I'm assuming he's old enough to be a teenager, young teenager. But it's like, he has this doll in his possession. They're in the middle of the wood. The doll's on the ground. And again, not to be weird about it, but it's like, they've obviously made her look like quite an attractive doll. Again, don't make it weird. But... <laughs> He's then on like on his knees on top of her. And I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> so that's already setting a weird, uncomfortable scene for me. Followed by his ears, his ear gets ripped off. She's then chasing him. And then she doesn't actually kill him. He falls down the like little cliffside, boom, truck or car or whatever it is. She played a big part. Like, <laughs> she wasn't driving the truck. I mean, yes. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, because it's a killer doll. It's just like, what a, what a sequence. What she's a sequence. Pulling... What has got to happen? <laughs> when she's pulling the ear, it is so elastic, it's almost comical until she rips it Again off. Again with the last Throws it down. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, so that's one of the more, more gruesome deaths. But he had it coming, like, you know, something was going to happen and they didn't disappoint. But this is a film that, you know, we're reviewing it now. It's already been greenlit for a sequel, Megan 2.0. They've even got a release date, January 17th, 2025. The sequel is coming. And you know who we have to thank for that sequel, don't you? I would just want to say Jason Blum. Like... Kurt. <laughs> The character Kurt, you know the one, the guy that's stealing secrets from his company? Right. Yeah, so that's where the sequel's going to come into play because he was clearly the one. Because the whole thing is that you need to make us a cheaper toy, another company beat them to it before the Megan doll was created. And it's like, how do they know? How have they got our plans? Well, it's all Kurt. And then before he got killed, he'd already saved the designs and passed them on. You know, like, I was assuming, because, you know, like, even even before, obviously, all this was lit, I was like, movies like to set up a tease for, like, the, the next movie or, like, a post-credits or something. And I was thinking all of that stuff with Kurt is going to, you know, like, it's all happened. At the end of the movie, everything's done. He's like, yay, Mega's dead. Yeah, cool. Everyone's, the world is saved. And then it's like, oh, the final stinger would be, you know, like, follow up on what he sent off but then nothing there's no mention of it instead what we get is it's like megan's consciousness has been uploaded to the like ai google home thing that Gemma has so it's like she lives on 
So Megan and all lives she in that, needs, in that right yeah. Now. Until she finds another body. Until she finds another Megan body. Megan 2.0. Got it all to look forward to. We've not really talked about Gemma, played by Alison Williams. She's in the film a lot. Now we talk about the sequel instead. (laughs) Yeah. uh, As Katie, we have Violet McCraw. She just sold her character off the bat. She loses her parents at a young age, and she just wears that sadness the whole film. Like just the like constant yeah. sadness she's wearing on her face. I thought she was. It's, always, it, it's always a thing with with kids, kid actors, and you know, it's like, oh, they run the risk of them being annoying. I know I mentioned that every time there's a kid actor on screen, but this is another one where look, there are moments where the kid is kind of frustrating. Like Katie is irritable, but I think that's coming through the lens of a parent dealing. Well, not that I deal with like a preteen or a teenager yet, but just the idea of having to deal with a kid with that attitude and like the frustration, I was like, Oh man, this kid's like griping on me. But I think in an intentional way, she's obviously going through this grieving process. The relationship between her and her aunt is fractured. It's not quite solid there yet. We're meant to be feeling that tension and she's playing that well. So it's like, I'm finding her irritable, but for the purpose of the film. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, so, big ticks for me. <laughs> it absolutely. That was a bit of a, Bit of a wrap around there, but I got there. Yeah, job done. There. Yeah, she did it. Uh, <laughs> did it well. We need to give a shout out to Laurie Dungy as Celia, the neighbour. She is awful. She is awful. <laughs> and and you know they they went to an extreme to present as to be really awful, like a really difficult neighbour, which I guess for them justifies her being killed in the film when it eventually <laughs> happens. First the dog, and then. And then her, but I thought, yeah, she played that nosy neighbor, that irritating neighbor, very well. You know, with Gemma, the actress that plays the actress that plays Gemma, Alison Williams, the whole time watching this film, I was like, I am familiar with you. Who are you? I've seen you before. Couldn't pick her name. Couldn't pick where where I've seen her. After the fact, I realized get out she was the of course she, she was, is she was the she was the white girlfriend in get of out. daniel kalua's character of course that's yeah. who she is i thought you and were gonna say i, I think it was like gonna say crazy anatomy someone. or something <laughs> no, i thought oh, she's sure. crazy anatomy hey, it, and get out is get out isn't Blumhouse, is it yeah it is yeah is it well, yeah it's one, it's one of the, it's one of the early it's one of the early big ones yeah, good times. Now you've got me down yeah, to no, myself. I'm, pre- I, I'm pretty sure it is. As soon as I saw her name, I was like, "Of course!" And it all it all came crashing down. Uh, and even the even the the girl that plays Katie, uh, Violet McCraw, Haunting of Hill House. One of the one of the kids in that, obviously one of the girls. Oh, there you go. You know, mentioned well, Jordan Peele, Get Out. I don't know if I knew this, but just forgot. And we did review Nope. Did you know that it stood for Not Off Planet Earth? Uh, Yeah, yeah. well, I had read that. But then I think I read something that debunked that. So it was sort of, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just read it the other day. I can't remember what I ended up landing on, that it was true or not. 
anyway, we're getting we're getting very distracted. I think we need to do. It. I think we need to rate this film. If you're going to rate Megan out of five, okay. Look, overall, I mean, on the grounds of the experience, the enjoyment I had, this movie is fun. Probably came across funnier than it probably was meant to, but translation of that is. I had a good time at the movies with my mate here, um, you know, watching this at the Perth premiere. It was, it's, an, it, it's, it's good fun. And look, to be honest, majority of horror movies don't scare me anymore because I got my big boy pants on. This movie isn't, isn't balls to the wall scary in any, any regards. There's some, there's some freaky imagery with the doll doing bits and pieces, like running through the woods, pulling a boy's ear off and biting you know, another robot. Um, that's just, it's just fun. Um, pretty engaging, you know, like it's always good to get a good blend of sci-fi and in quotations, horror. Um, I did enjoy this. So I'm going to give this a really generous four. And again, purely, purely on just the fun time that I had. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Revisiting this, you know, I probably imagine my rating, you know, internally would probably go down slightly or a bit after a few watches i'd probably get over it but in terms of just a new fun little horror flick to to watch it's good fun i like how you just glossed over and we didn't even mention the fact that there's another robot in this and she's wearing the gloves control of the hands and arms of the robot biting megan that was great that was really, really entertaining. <laughs> it was like the um, power loader from Aliens. Well, that was, that was really, that was really yeah, cool. Yeah. I like you. I I had a lot of fun with this movie. I mean, it's hard to hide it. It's hard to hide how we feel about the movie because normally we would watch something, won't share what we think about the film until we actually review it. But it's hard where you sat beside each other in the cinema. And when it's funny, you're laughing, whether they intended it to be or not. Where <laughs> and you, then at the you end, clearly hated it. <laughs> you can clearly tell the other person's enjoying it. Yeah, th- this film was a lot of fun. It really, really was. Like yourself, I'm going to come in a four out of five. And I didn't think about it really. I just know, like, it's a strong four, just for the entertainment value. And like you, I don't get scared by horror. <laughs> Like I used to, like when you're younger, you know, discovering things like an Atma and Elm Street at a young age, you know, they really do affect you and stay with you. But that's not why I watch horror now anyway. I'm not expecting or wanting to get scared by a horror. This is an entertaining horror, thriller, sci-fi, bit of comedy (laughs) thrown in there. It's a good time. This movie is a very good time. And I have been recommending it to people. It's a good film. Now, as always, we like to close out on some trivia. Several sequences make references and homages to Child's Play from 1988. Several of the focus shots on Katie are inspired by frames of Andy in some scenes from Child's Play. Even the battle between Gemma and Megan is inspired by the final climax of Child's Play where Karen Barkley confronts Chucky. There you go. Comparisons homages it's all going on 
Well, that's it for our review of Megan. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed 2022. Yes, our year in review 2022 episode is out now. Finally, we did it. It's done. It's a bit of a listen. It's a, it's a long one, but we did it. I think it's the latest we've ever posted a year in review 20th of january but we did it we got it done like it it took two days it's essentially we spent two days on it and i'm sticking by that that's that's how long it took it's a big episode you've been listening to luke and jason the guys from that film stew see you soon